Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Great to be with you this afternoon. And breaking news, Joe Biden just said he has cancer. Now, in his health report from a couple months ago, they acknowledged that they had to remove some skin melanoma because of sun exposure. But that's not what Joe Biden said in his climate change speech that he was giving just a little while ago. He said... He talked about his mother having to use windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. And that that is, and now I'm quoting, why I and so damn many other people have cancer. Joe Biden misspoke. I don't think he's lying. I think he he legitimately just misspoke. I think probably in his mind, he's thinking that climate change, uh, the loss of the ozone stuff, you know, increased heat waves, sun exposure, all that kind of tied to the climate change thing. That's why people are getting skin cancers because of all this stuff. But what he said is that this oil exposure is why he and so damn many other people have cancer. It may shock you to know, it shocked me, it shocked me, but it may shock you to know that the fact checkers are already out there trying to defend Biden and say this wasn't a screw up. And anybody saying this is a screw up is just an idiot. Uh, Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post, believe it or not, Glenn Kessler is out there saying that it's absolutely stupid to say that this is uh, this is this is nothing new it was in Biden's medical report. Uh, RNC, the, the, the RNC research Twitter account, which I link to sometimes in my show notes, which, by the way, are live on KPL965.com. Uh, the RNC Twitter account put out the clip and said, that's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer. They put the they put it out there. And Glenn Kessler of The Washington Post, the noted fact checker there, said, how dumb is this tweet? Check out Biden's medical report. Before he became president, he had non-melanoma skin cancers removed. Has no one at RNC Research ever had this common procedure? Unfortunately, Glenn, Joe Biden said he has cancer because of oil exposure. That's what he's saying. Yeah, he probably misspoke, but you don't have to go all in on defending the president just because the RNC puts out a, a video clip of Biden saying, I have cancer because of oil exposure. That's how corrupt the fact-checking infrastructure in the media is. The fact-checking, okay, I I may have gone on this rant before, but I need to go on it again. Fact-checkers shouldn't exist. Do you know why fact-checkers exist? Because the media is terrible at its job. The media is terrible at its job, and more importantly, they needed another way to legitimize hitting Republicans. If the media actually did its job of reporting the facts and checking the facts as they were doing the reporting, fact-checking wouldn't need to exist. But they have to have it there because they need another way to attack Republicans. If you say, I'm a fact-checker and I'm going to check everything this Republican says and see how many times they're wrong, you're not really being an independent fact-checker. You're being a partisan hack wearing a mask. They do not do this at the same level they do it to Democrats. They do it to Republicans all the time. Glenn Kessler himself actually said that once Biden, you know, after Trump left office, he said, you know, we don't have the time and the resources to go after everything the president says like we needed to do for Trump. So we're just going to back off a little bit. That was their rationale for no longer doing it for Biden like they did it for Trump. 
and it's a load of garbage. But they're out there already making this comment. They're defending Don, uh, defending Joe Biden. Joe Biden misspoke. At best, he misspoke. At worst, he's doing what he has done and fabricating a story to make himself seem more sympathetic to the issue at hand. He's done it loads of times. I really and truly think, though, that, that Joe Biden just misspoke. Maybe I'm being too generous. But it is infuriating to watch the fact checkers go out and immediately form a protective circle around Joe Biden to try to deflect him from any criticism when he does wrong. 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the program. Now, to get on to what I wanted to talk about today, lots of stuff in the news, but if you listen to Acadiana's Morning News, I was on this morning, and during the 7 o'clock hour, it was winging it Wednesday. Uh, Stephen Handwork was in, uh, formerly with uh, Louisiana Democratic Party, and I like Stephen. Stephen and I get along great. We have good conversations on the air. The topic came up about the House bill that went through yesterday, codifying the right to gay marriage in federal law. And I said this morning, you know, Brandon sitting across from me, Brandon said, do you think that this has a chance in the Senate? And I said, I think you'd be surprised. I'm not sure that you can get 60, but it would not surprise me that you can get 60 votes, a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate to codify gay marriage into federal law. You had 47 Republicans jump over and side with the Democrats on this issue. And most of the Republicans who voted against it didn't vote against it on some religious principle. They said this is a political gimmick and we don't want to take part in it. And they're absolutely right, by the way. Totally a, a, a gimmick. But here's the thing. Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise didn't whip votes on this. They said, vote your conscience. And 47 Republicans voted to codify gay marriage into federal law. Look at the headlines that are out there on this one vote. You look at the headlines and the journalists were clearly surprised. They thought, oh, these evil fundamentalist super Christian Republicans, they would never vote to codify. Wait, 47 of them crossed over? Oh, dear. The headlines themselves were in shock. And now it's going to the Senate. And the Democrats are slow walking it in the Senate. Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin are scratching their heads trying to figure out how they can turn this into something usable. They don't want to waste their valuable floor time on this issue because they know the truth. The Democrats are scared because of Clarence Thomas uh, and his concurring opinion in the Dobbs case. Thomas said, we need to revisit the cases that were decided with substantive due process because the rights aren't guaranteed. They, the rights aren't in the Constitution. There, you can you can argue that these rights can be found elsewhere in the Constitution, but substantive due process itself, the right to privacy through substantive due process, doesn't exist. And Thomas says he wants to revisit that. And Sam Alito's own opinion in the Dobbs case said, "No, we're not addressing that. We're, we're not going to bring that up." And likely, this is never going to come up before the Supreme Court. But the Democrats are freaking out. Well, let me say it. Progressives are freaking out that the Supreme Court, this extreme right-wing Supreme Court, is going to go after Obergefell and others, other cases, now that they've overturned Roe. And so Democrats brought forward this bill in the House. 
because they just knew that Republicans were going to vote against it. It would be a partisan vote and they could all run saying, see, see, the Republicans want to take away the rights to gay marriage. They're going to go after that next in the Supreme Court. And what happened? Nearly 50 Republicans joined with them. And two Republicans are co-sponsoring the bill in the Senate. Susan Collins and Rob Portman. And you can bet Lisa Murkowski will, jo- will jump over. Mitt Romney said that he hadn't given the issue much thought because he didn't think it was an issue they needed to address right now, but he would likely jump over and support it. There are several Republicans in the Senate that could probably jump over and support this bill. But yesterday, let me read this quote from the number two guy in the Democratic side of the Senate, Dick Durbin. Durbin says it will be tough. He said this yesterday. He said it would be tough to schedule votes in the Senate on bills protecting gay marriage and contraception, given the packed calendar. We have more priorities than we have time, he said. That was yesterday. Following that up yesterday, he said, I would, uh, when asked about canceling the August recess, he said, I would stay in, but it takes all the Democrats present to make this work. The Democrats had no plan. They thought it, you know, they thought that the Republicans would oppose it in the House. They'd bring it to the Senate. The Republicans would filibuster it and say, see, see, the Republicans don't, the Republicans want to take away your right to gay marriage. And the Republicans... Whether whether on purpose or by accident, the Republicans put them in a political trap. Now they have to waste time, their precious floor time in the Senate to pass this, to bring it to a vote. They have to do that now. Because the Republicans are basically forcing their hand. They didn't have to at first because they all they could say is, well, the Republicans aren't going to support it. Why even bother? We need to focus on the priorities we can pass. But now it looks like Republicans support it. Now they have to bring it to a vote. Activists are out there right now demanding Schumer and Durbin put this on the schedule immediately. Schumer's out there saying, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to work with the Republicans to bring this to the floor. You're the majority leader. You set the calendar. You can bring this to the floor right now. But he doesn't want to right now. 232-1542. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with this and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the program. I'm I'm really, really <laughs> I, I I really like this story, the the gay marriage bill in Congress, because it's a perfect encapsulation of the problem that Democrats have right now. The Democrats are simply out of ideas. They wanted to bring the gay marriage bill up for a vote uh, because they wanted to trap Republicans. They needed another social electoral issue. Uh, abortion did not last long in the polls. It, it got a little bit of a bump in the post row in this post road era, the post Dobbs decision. Got a little bit of a bump, but it went back down. Uh, voters are by and large. I mean, and the, the polling has been very accurate on this. Voters, by and large, are way more concerned with inflation, with the economy, and other issues. And abortion is consistently polling uh, at five percent. Five percent of Americans—that's their biggest issue. The social issues just aren't sticking right now as much as the policy issues that are causing severe disruptions in Americans' daily lives. As a result, the Democrats. 
they're they're kind of just throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. I mean, they're throwing the gay marriage bill up there. Well, the Republicans are actually fine with gay marriage. So they're going to, you know, try to get this to the floor and try to rush through a vote on that just so they can make their base happy. They have to do it. They have to make their base happy right now. That's the reason. Now, you you can say it's out of touch. You can say uh, it's bad policy. You can say the Biden administration is being stupid here. But the Biden administration, the whole reason for this climate speech where Joe Biden said he has cancer and the fact checkers are out defending him, talking about skin melanomas he had removed before his presidency. Joe Biden is out there vowing to take executive action on climate change, not because it's the most imminent threat to all of humanity, although they're saying it is. They're doing it because they see they're about to lose the remainder of their base. Look, I mentioned it yesterday. Democrats have forever believed that demography is destiny. If the demographics were just on their side, all they had to do was build a multicultural, multiracial coalition and keep them together. That's all they had to do, and they could have a permanent political majority. But there's a problem. Democrats have switched to all identity politics and have taken the most extreme positions on social issues that have pushed a lot of those different racial groups, different demographic groups away. They've whistled past the graveyard on this. They ignored it when Republicans started picking up more of the Hispanic vote. They really just thought it was an absolute fluke that Donald Trump was getting Hispanic voters because after all, Donald Trump was this mean, terrible, racist, uh, anti-Hispanic, anti-Muslim, anti-black, everything president. He was the most vile, corrupt president in history, they said. He was a horrible racist. And yet, in 2020, he got a higher share of both Hispanic and black voters than just about any other Republican candidate in history. The Democrats have whistled past this graveyard. They have ignored the fact that they are losing on some of these social issues. And so Joe Biden has to say that he is going to go it alone on climate change, not because it's an imminent threat to all of humanity, but because if he doesn't do this, progressives will be so disheartened that they will stay home. Remember the theory, you know, about 40 percent true died in the wool Democrats, 40 percent true died in the wool Republicans, and about 20 percent that you've got to uh you've got to try to convince. Nowadays, it may be more 45, 45, 10. But if you can't get that 10 to 20% in the middle, because they're switching over to the Republican side at this point, then you've got to at least keep your 40% going to the polls. And you can't do that if they're all disheartened. So they have to take action on climate change. I want to read what a friend of mine wrote. Uh, Eric Erickson uh, wrote this earlier today. We need more fossil fuels. We need more coal. But the president will declare a climate crisis and further destabilize our power grid. He is doing so at a time when Americans care about inflation and are seeing their quality of life degraded. It looks like insanity, but it's actually the best they can do politically. The president and Democrats cannot do anything about abortion. They can't get anything through the Senate right now. They have given up trying to persuade the middle class, the moderates, and the independents. 
Instead, they have to maximize their outreach to the white progressive college-educated left. They have to get those people to turn out in record numbers in order to mitigate what is coming. The president's policies seem deeply out of touch. And they are out of touch with, with most Americans, but deeply in touch with the white progressive left. Democrats know they've lost the middle. Now they are hoping to placate the left. So while they lose in November, they minimize their losses. That is exactly what's happening. They are out of any ideas to actually fix the economy, fix inflation, any of that. And they're just going to vote on making their, their base happy. And that is what they're, that is all they can do. They can only try to get 30 to 45% to show up for them. They can't beat that. All right, let's take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, we've got some more headlines to look at, including a possible rivalry between Trump and Pence. We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Okay, I had stuff to talk about, but I'm I'm looking at the Facebook timeline of Fox News sharing um, a story on uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, appearing unfazed as his legal battle with Twitter looms, and it's a picture of him on board a yacht in Greece, and it is very clear he's he's shirtless in this picture, and it's very clear that he doesn't go shirtless very often. The man. The man is incredibly, blindingly white. Like, it, I had to turn the brightness on my computer screen down. Anyway, sorry for that distraction. 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the show. This is Joe Cunningham on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Today's show notes are up. All the stuff I've been talking about is currently live. I, I want to stick to the gay marriage bill. Yeah, it's not... Uh, the most important issue of the day. I mean, there's Biden's climate change thing. We're freaking out about climate change because England is seeing several days of 100 plus degree heat. A few days of 100 plus degree heat and they're freaking out. Well, it's never happened before. Okay, I've been told every time that I say temp- every time you point out that temperatures are lower than his than than his, the historic norm in a certain time of the year, anytime you point that out, you say, "Well, it's it's weather. That's weather you're talking about. We're talking about climate. We're talking about climate. We're talking about the long term overall change." So at the same time, when Europe sees a heat wave for a week in the summer. Suddenly, that's climate change, even though that's technically weather, too. I find the hypocrisy very boring. That's why I don't. I talk about the energy stuff because that's important to us, particularly this part of the state in which the energy industry has played such a major role economically. But the actual climate change issue, I I really don't find all that important an issue to talk about. But this issue, again, the the gay marriage bill that went through the House yesterday is apparently going to be scheduled for a vote sometime in the near future in the Senate. The the gay marriage bill is, to me, one of the most important stories of the day because it just goes to show that the Democrats really are struggling to find an issue. Now, there are some Democrats, there are some activists out there that are legitimately worried that Clarence Thomas's concurring opinion is a signal that the Supreme Court will go and try to overturn Obergefell. And I don't think that's the case. 
we all knew Roe versus Wade and the overturning of Roe versus Wade was coming. Everybody saw it coming. The fact that the Democratic Party didn't do anything about codifying Roe before that, that's on them. Even Stephen, who was in Stephen Handwork, who was in here this morning for Winging It Wednesday, said that that he was livid. Very, uh, very irked that the Democratic Party did nothing to codify Roe versus Wade, knowing full well what was coming. But here's the thing about Roe versus Wade. Even before Roe versus Wade, there was this groundswell movement to not legalize abortion. And Roe versus Wade just got the pro-life movement motivated to really begin working at overturning the pro-life movement had a goal and they worked. They worked at the local level. They worked at the state level. They worked at the national level. They started picking politicians who would make a major part of their platform. The idea that a child once conceived is a life and that we should not take the life of the child in abortion. And you can agree or disagree with that statement and you can discuss the nuances of when abortion is acceptable when you're actually destroying a life. But the fact of the matter is the pro-life movement, diverse as it may be in terms of where people want to see abortion banned, the pro-life movement worked very hard to get 50 years later to this point. Do you know what you're not seeing? And this is why I don't think Obergefell is at risk. Despite what Clarence Thomas said, first of all, Clarence Thomas didn't say he wanted to ban Roe versus Wade. Uh, uh, ban, he wanted to overturn Obergefell. What he said is that cases that were determined via uh, substantive due process, you're creating rights in the wrong place. Some of these things you can determine rights for. That's what Thomas's argument essentially is. You can determine that these rights exist somewhere. For example, in the in the Constitution, when the Constitution was written, you people in America were already married. You didn't have to reissue marriage certificates. So clearly marriage, the right to marriage, is already implied. To take it a step further, there was no law against any specific type of marriage, particularly interracial marriage, the Loving case, until the Civil War. Until we started getting close to the Civil War and the, the split between the North and the South. So all that so interracial marriage was never banned until way after the Constitution was written. You can make the same you can make a similar argument for gay marriage. You can say that that right exists within the framework of the Constitution, but substantive due process, which is what Clarence Thomas was arguing against, Ain't it. But the Democrats, the activists there are freaking out about Obergefell. And so they want to codify gay marriage. And in doing so, they are doing exactly what Clarence Thomas and the conservatives on the Supreme Court said needed to be the case. What the Supreme Court said in Dobbs is that. It shouldn't be up to the courts. I, I've, it's hilarious to me that the left is saying this is the destruction of democracy. It is the destruction of democracy when a branch of government says it has too much power. That is somehow the destruction of democracy. 
the Supreme Court said we don't actually have the we, we, we shouldn't be the arbiters of the rights in this case. This should be determined by Congress. And so what's happening now with this gay marriage bill? Congress is determining whether or not gays can get married officially, according to federal law in the United States. That's the system working as the Supreme Court said it should. There is, however, unlike the pro-life movement, there is no massive groundswell grassroots movement out there to overturn Obergefell. There's never been any major grassworks movement, grassroots movement, to make gay marriage illegal. You had it for abortion. You do not have it for gay marriage. It just doesn't exist. And yes, you can go to church and you can find evangelical pastors talking about it. And yes, you can find evangelicals all over the place talking about it. But they're not going out and recruiting on a massive scale candidates who one of their major issues is getting rid of gay marriage. The Republicans who are currently voting against this bill in Congress are saying we don't want to be part of a political gimmick. Nobody's coming after gay marriage. This is a stupid bill. And frankly, it should be left up to the states. That's the argument from Republicans. But you know what? Let Congress pass it. Let Congress codify gay marriage. It's not going to be an issue that drives out voters. It's not. Everybody's still worried about record high inflation. They're still worried about energy prices. They're still worried about the economy. They're still worried about worker shortages, supply chain issues. They're worried about all these things. Abortion and gay marriage are way, way down on the list. Let's go ahead and take a break. I know we've got some callers on the line. Callers, y'all stick around. If you want to call in, be part of the show, 232-1542. Warren, we'll get to you after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in. Got a couple callers on the line already. Let's go first to Warren. Warren, glad to hear from you. What's up? Hey, Joe, listen, you know, when I was young, I went to vacation Bible school, and they taught us about Canaan land, land of the giants. And uh, these were some really vile, wicked people. They served the God of Mosulek. And Mosulek was the God of child sacrifice. They just laid them out on a rock and ripped them apart. They were pretty brutal. I guess kind of how the Democrats want to do today. Um but God said for his people to go in there and kill them all, kill everything, kill even the kids. And it's like, how could a loving God do that? But you see, he was trying to stop the evil, and he didn't. So when Noah, they had the flood, God specifically told Noah, when you put the animals on the ark, put the animals on the ark two by two and make sure they're not corrupted. You see, because this is above my pay scale, but somewhere along the way the Fallen angels took human wives and created the giants, and we found them all over North America. And these giants were some freaks, and they were having sex with the animals. So Greek mythology may not be Greek mythology. You could have had half a man, half a horse. I don't know. It's above my pay grade. But it goes to show you where this wickedness came from, and the reason that God wanted to stomp it out is because he didn't want all these freaks running around like we got today, Joe. All right, Warren, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, the other line. We got Paul. Paul, it's good to hear from you. 
Yeah, good to hear you. Uh, I don't know how to follow that last call, so I'm, I almost want to just hang up. <laughs> Anyhow. <Yeah. laughs> uh, this thing repeals Defense of Marriage Act, too, by the way. Yeah. This bill that they're pushing. My, my question has always been, if the states don't have a right to define marriage and, if, and it can mean anything, then why do we limit it to homosexual marriage? Why why not father-daughter, father-son, or multiples, polyandry, polygamy? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's the limiting factor. If adults have a right to get married and the states don't have a right to define that anymore, uh, it, it, don't you find it funny that we're having this argument? But the Congress already spoke on this, and this is what they're trying to say that Congress could do with Roe v. Wade. But for some reason, Congress doesn't have a right to prescribe what marriage is. Do you find that interesting, the, 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 uh, you know, the duality of that and how one side gets to pick and choose what laws they like, and, and it depends on the politics of it as to whether they're accepted by the courts? Or you know what I'm talking about here. Well, it, it seems like it's pretty one-way. Well, you know, the one side of Congress can't even decide what a woman is, so I'm not even sure how they would define I, some of these issues. That, I mean, even every Merriam-Webster dictionary is now adding a supplemental definition to woman who's saying uh, anyone who identifies as a gender opposite male. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, we, I, you and, know, if, if, if there is no gender and, there, and it's all fluid and it, and it can be anything at any given moment, how do you even play this game anymore? I mean, what's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of marriage? Why is the state even involved in, in marriage? Why don't we have a you go to the, the church and you get married under a religious ceremony? Uh, but but why, what's the state's interest in provi- pro, uh, you know legitimizing any uh, behavior or any you know what 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 name you want to stick to it? I don't know. Well, but, you know maybe Warren Jeff is legitimate. You know the, the polygamist out in, that, was, that was sent to prison in Texas. What determines what's too old or too young or whatever? Well, I mean, you're absolutely so if, right. If the government doesn't have a right to do that, then and and there is no up or down. It it gets pretty silly in a hurry, doesn't it? It, it does. And, and the lack of clear definition, which is what they, they've been pushing for, because you, you, you just don't want to offend people, Paul. I mean, you you know how it is. You and I have worked together. We know how easy it is to just offend yep. some people out there. And we don't really need to be doing that. We need to be accommodating and open to everybody, even if we can't define what that person is. Well, the only reason that the government has any interest in getting involved in what two consenting adults do with each other and we call it marriage is to protect the rights of the offspring of minor children. That is the only purpose of the government to get involved in that. It used to be for, you know, building stability for society in general. But since that's out the window totally now. So what is the governmental interest in determining who can get married and what marriage is on any level? Why do we even have marriage uh, licensed by the government? What's what's the purpose of it? I know what I know why the homosexuals want to do it. They want to use the use this device as a way to legitimize uh, the relationship. I mean, I get it. I mean, I know why they do it, but but there's no there's no societal or governmental interest in doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's very telling that there is no clear defining language in all this. Paul, you're absolutely right. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for calling. It is good to hear from you. (laughs) Good to hear you. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, some of y'all will recognize Paul's voice. He calls in a moon show occasionally. Uh, I've known Paul for several years and, and glad to hear from him uh, from my days in Natchitoches. Uh, 232-1542. We've got a couple minutes left if anybody else wants to join in. But Paul is right. There is no clear defining language here. And as always, we have discussed the slippery slope. And it's usually 
The slippery slope gets decried as just some slippery slope argument that means nothing. I mean, it's never going to happen. And then some news story pops up that shows, well, yes, some people are actually trying it. I think the, I think what's telling here more than the issue of gay marriage itself, as I said at the beginning of the show, is that this was very clearly meant to be a political strategy. This wasn't for the Democratic Party. It wasn't the strategy. It wasn't the issue itself. It was the chance to catch Republicans on a divisive issue. And then around 50 Republicans said, you know what, we're cool with this. And a lot, the rest of the Republicans basically said, this is a political tool. We're not going to be party to it. When you're serious about wanting to bring this up, when it's not so close to an election year and you're down the polls, let's have a serious talk about it. Let's work on some of these issues like Paul was talking about. Let's set the parameters here. Let's make sure that we are talking about marriage between a man and a woman, a man and a man, a woman and a woman, whatever the identity is, but let's set some limitations. We've talked about you know, legal consenting age. We've talked about these things before. We've, we want to make sure that those parameters are set because states can have laws. States can have laws setting parameters on marriage, but now you've got supremacy involved, the federal supremacy involved. Does the federal law overtake a state's law on issues of marriage? That's where, that, that is going to be a fight that comes up. It will be very fascinating to see. But the Democrats are losing out on a political strategy, a political strategy here, a political tactic here, because the Democrats are willing to be on board with it. I mean, the Republicans are willing to, to hop on board with it. And I think it's funny that it's just once again sign that the Republicans actually don't have a whole lot. I mean, the Democrats don't really have a whole lot left that they can run on. I mean, they're ignoring the top issues. They are consistently ignoring the issues that that voters care about. Stacey Abrams in Georgia, who is consistently polling far behind Republican Brian Kemp, is not even mentioning Brian Kemp's name because he's so popular, and she's not mentioning Joe Biden's name because he's so unpopular, which leaves her with very little to actually talk about. And as a result, her campaign's kind of floating around in the ether right now. They're, they 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 don't know which way to go. They can't make any headway because she's been boxed in by the temperature of the room and what voters feel right now. And it's happening across the country. You have Republicans who didn't stand a snowball's chance all of a sudden looking like they could actually win. You have Republicans who were set to win who are looking like even bigger wins are coming. And you've got Republicans making plays for dozens of of seats that Biden won by almost double digits. That's it for the day. We're going to be back here on Offsides in just a few minutes. In the meantime, the Joe Cunningham Show returns in 23 hours. Check me out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast version of the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all tune in, and we will talk to you again real soon.